You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season eight, episode forty-seven. I'm John, uh, and I'm joined by Jordan Chris. How are you doing? Hello. Hey. What's that? Hey. What? It's not somewhere between hey and oi. Hi. Hi. Still mix it a bit. That's it, right? <laughs> it's not like a food blender. The old Judge Jules. Was it Judge Jules I picked on? Who was it? He used to have his, his phrase like that. <laughs> no idea. You're on your own, name. In the 90s. Maybe I'm sure made, yeah. Showing your music taste, perhaps? Mm. Uh, I think just at the time, I kind of like that kind of stuff, maybe. You liked anything for your own blazing. That's true. <laughs> Didn't really matter. Uh, where do I want to start then? Well, you know what? You know what we should probably talk about because we've not been on since uh, it was done. Another treble. I don't know. Celtic. I mean Talbot. Of course. I well, there was I. Yes. Um, I probably get criticised some quarters for that. It's a wee bit of an anticlimax because you're kind of almost a wee bit accustomed to winning it, which sounds bad because you should never kind of get used to it. But seeing the goal, early goal. You're kind of thinking, hmm, the way our defence has been all season, it's unlikely that we're going to lose this game. And then you get the other goal, two and a half at half time, you're thinking, well, there's a very remote chance of Lars coming back into it. All credit to Lars, they played kind of nice enough football, but they didn't really have a kind of cutting edge. And yeah, a, a treble for Talbot. A lot of fans are saying it's probably up there with the best season ever that they've ever had in their history. Probably partly as well because of the, Scot- the senior Scottish Cup run. Right. Uh, whereby that certainly in terms of from my highlights of this season would be most of, where most of Mammy would have come from. I mean, the game against AR especially, but even before that, um, away at Fraserburgh was particularly good because um, it was just one of those tense affairs whereby you can up one now, cracking goal. You're kind of still not sure if you're going to go through and then beating Cole was quite nice as well because they, I think they thought they were a class above Talbot and yeah, they get put in their place a wee bit. So mm-hmm. that season obviously we've been the senior Scottish Cup again and see if we can get another wee run at it, see how far we can get. So, But yeah, I, the actual final itself, played well enough to win. And, but yeah, we didn't enjoy it as much as the season before but then it was a different circumstance where Bayer... 2-1 down thinking you're going to lose the cup and then a couple of goals in injury time uh, it makes a difference the, the the way the game went I think like, like you're right I mean I watched some of the, the game um, on Alba was it Alba that was showing it yeah yeah it was, uh, aye, they were showing it um, so I've I seen I've seen that and then obviously the goal early on and um, it, just, it reminded me of like, what you're saying it reminds me of the, 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 the kind of the first two Scottish Cup finals that Celtic had with the, the now treble treble because the Motherwell game felt like such an anti-climax because we were 2-0 up with no problem at all early on in the game and it just it stayed that way I mean if you compare that with a 1-2 months ago which you know what I'm yeah. going to say 
the, the way that game was won was entirely different from the way the Mullow mm-hmm. game was won. And the Mullow yeah. game was just a case of, we're going to win a double treble, which never been done in anybody's uh, history in Scotland. And here we're going to do it. And it's it doesn't quite feel as good as it did last time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, as well, impressive start. They, they can they played the last league game after the, the cup final a few days after. So apart from the Hearts game, then there was a game away all season. I think you're used to that one next season, huh? <laughs> Playing games after the Scottish Cup final. Yeah, uh, that was announced this week, wasn't it? The, um, the Scottish Cup final is going to be the 9th of May, I think. Because Hamden yeah. needs to get for Euro 2020, so there's going to be played. That game's going to be played before the the last couple of rounds of fixtures in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose there's maybe the argument there in terms of a lot of people complain about the cup final and that players are tired and all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the last game. Maybe there'll be a wee bit more. The season still is going to end in about um, what, two weeks before uh, the Euros actually kick off, um, which still isn't great. I mean. Yeah, people argue are Scotland going to be there or not, but you know, there's Celtic will still have a couple of players that will be um, potentially playing at Euros Rangers potentially. Um, in other clubs, may have players like um, if Northern Ireland somehow qualify. Um, Aberdeen might be with it. McGinn Hearts might be with it. Their players. So yeah, I mean, I still don't. It's still a bit crap that the season finishes at the end of May and then there's internationals two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And, Especially and as well, the season's going to start in July with the European qualifiers as well. Yeah, there's just there's just no a proper Hot. break. Yeah, we've got the winter break in in January, but um, but it's it's still it's still it's just UEFA are, are asking um, teams to fin- to start too early, and because um, the SPFL are feeling sort of for the Scottish clubs that are in Europe at that time, they try to level up by having the League Cup at that stage of season. I think at some point it's just like where do you stop? But hey, we're in. Yeah, I think just got to go So somewhere that I don't know if it's a, an accurate start or not, but they reckon that Callum McGregor's played the most amount of minutes in world football this year, this season. Sixty-nine ah, right. games he's played. Because uh, yeah. the other season it was Kieran Tierney had the same kind of record. Obviously he's been he's had a few injuries this season, so that's kept him out. But I it wouldn't surprise me if McGregor was one of the the most overworked men and. World football. Which may have bring you on to the Turnbull situation. Yeah, hi. Um, he's the certainly have agreed a, a three million pound fee with Willow for uh, David Turnbull. But did he win any of the Young Player of the Year awards? Yeah, year? he won the writers uh, one, I think. Won the writers one. Aye. Um, I would say that's well deserved. Um, I think I said that at the time as well. He looked when we were talking about him and we we're talking about Hasty. He's obviously going to uh, Rangers, um, and. <laughs> I'm now going to obviously say Turnbull's the one I would prefer, given that's how it's planned out. But um, actually, I was thinking I was saying that before any of this came to light that um, Turnbull looked like an acting player. So um, I don't know whether he's worth three million, but that's uh, that's the fee that uh, has been agreed to Motherwell. It's uh, well done for Motherwell for getting that, um, and I hope he continues to uh, fulfil his potential. That's assuming that, that's the deal actually gets done. Isn't it part of its potential? Yeah. You're exactly. not just paying for the, the current ability. And you see that happening a lot down south and even other countries, especially with young players. It's just the way it goes. If you want to really get a player, and I suppose the comparison that everyone's making is the McGinn situation from last season, mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes you need to maybe spend that wee bit extra. Uh, it's just, there's no best about this team, fortunately. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Rusky's going to go for more money 
later on or his, his value yeah. goes up. Yeah, he's 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 a really good player. Um my my concern would be he's another midfielder. <laughs> um and it's not exactly a, a position that Celtic have a weakness on. Um there are other places that we need to strengthen and like our list of full backs is almost non existent currently. Yeah. Um we've lost a couple of centre backs, uh, we've obviously not got much up front, so yeah. aye, we're saying the midfielder. Yeah. And it'll be wingers that come in next when you're needing aye. other positions. Um but yeah, good luck to um, to Timber. I'm presuming that he obviously takes a move. Um, I think the only thing that will scuffle that is if a um, top English team comes in and matches that and um, he finds a correct down south rather than um, going staying in Scotland. But um, but well done, Motherland, the negotiation, because they made it clear they wanted more than the money for James McFadden. Um, they knew that other clubs were sniffing about and said to Celtic, um, if you want them, then you know, pay the going rate and Celtic mm-hmm. um rather than doing what they've done with Scottish teams in the past, um turn the Brown knobs and think I don't want to pay um too much for a Scottish player. I think the last time they paid anything significant was Scott Brown. I think they try and um short change a couple of Scottish teams, but they've obviously stepped up this and thought, no, we really want him. Yeah, the other one that comes to mind is when we've got Stuart Armstrong and Gary McKay Stephen because that was it wasn't quite three million quid, it was like two and a half, two point seven five million run that kind of fee. Um, but that was two players obviously got you know, McKay Stephen was kind of almost out of contract anyway but um, I, th- I think what makes this deal interesting is that I don't think Muller were taking the piss with this value um, mm-hmm. they've obviously held out to get a decent amount of money for him but three million quid I don't think is an unreasonable amount for him um, yeah. given what we've seen of him so far so I don't think they've went extortionate I don't think Celtic have been ripped off here I don't think I think it's, it's a good deal for both I think um, so that's Again, that's still the caveat of he still needs to sign his own deal. Um, but um, the, the clubs certainly they've come to an agreement, which is good. I think as well, you consider all the fact he's such a goal-scoring midfielder as well. I mean, it's not just like his, his records, like a, a striker's record mm-hmm. this season. Oh yeah, like, uh, he's, one he's, two, I mean, for, for the turn finish. of the year, especially he, he was he was banging in the goals. It was looking at uh, there was only like two or three players that really scored for Motherwell, but he was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he's mentioned Hasty. Apparently, he's been um, going to be farmed out on loan um, by Rangers, and uh, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if you know he went back on loan to Mother or something. I think he would be better off. Mm-hmm. I think Persley's moved um, to a club that far too quickly, um, but only he can make a decision. He's also thought, well, I might not get this chance again, um, and Mother will really should have had him signed up a lot earlier um, than they did. But it is what it is. But um, and Glenn Mudd's on been linked though, in loan as well. He's been linked with Doncaster, I think it is. Yeah. I think the hasty one, though, was a lot of people were saying, well, his loan spell was all right, but it was maybe nothing that kind of suggested that he was worthy of a long-term deal, so it's kind of a difficult one. Mm-hmm. It's all speculate, accumulate type thing as well. But I've seen uh, part of the, t- the talk of the delay, maybe, is the fact that Motherwell might want, is it Mikey Johnston or... Lewis Morgan. Morgan on loan. Right, okay. So, I reckon Johnston's more likely to stay at Celtic and get more games. He, he's kind of been getting the team already. Obviously, played uh, the two goals in the last game of the season, uh, featured in the cup final as well. So, he has been featured for Celtic. Morgan and O'Han's been out at loan and Sunderland was entered. Yeah, and I don't think it was um, overly successful. Um, just by reading some Sunderland forums. Um, no. A lot of them didn't rate him, so 
Um, I don't think that's a move that's going to properly work out. I think he'd be better going and loan to a team like Motherwell. Um, whereas Johnson's got a wee bit more potential. He's, he's been given some big games, which shows that there's some trust in his ability. Um, he just needs, obviously, more minutes. Whether he'll get that's another thing, but um, I think he's more likely to be in the first-team squad than farmed out and loan. Yeah, I mean, well, it was a big step up for him. It's fed, isn't it? It's fed. It's oh, I well. He's supposed that really, really good, but um, assuming he can stay fit, because keep hearing Bobby might be injured. <laughs> I don't know how, how true they are. Um, but no, just going back to Lewis Morgan, I think it was quite a big step up for him, because he, he, he was obviously really good for St Mirren when St Mirren were in the Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, to then, he then signed for Celtic in the January, and going back straight away to help St Mirren clinch the promotion. Um, but... He, he never really kind of broke into the Celtic team. He had a few sort of pre-season games and stuff. And then, as you say, the, the, his loan spell at Sunderland's been unimpressive. Um, so maybe maybe what he is needing is, is a spell at a, a Premiership club, whether it's Motherwell or... could even go back to St Martin, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with him. But um, I don't really see where he's going to fit in at Celtic yet. I mean, it's not the same as... I mean, this time last year we were talking about whether Ryan Christie was going to fit into the Celtic team and he was a guy that had actually done it for a top club in the Premiership so he'd obviously had that look, that successful loan spell whereas um, Morgan there's still a lot of questions to be asked there so he, he's kind of needing to show what he can do somewhere else before he even has a sniff of a chance at Celtic yeah. I know see- you're delighted as well while signings uh, John Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to the brand of football that we're going to be playing next season with Curtis Main coming in. Um, I'm, up front I'm also delighted. Sam Cosgrove. We won't talk about Mr Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I love him. Go over start. Yeah. I think Wolfhawker plays his wife's back. Aye, that's probably it. Um, probably her, Derek McInnes. Her tweet was immense. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, the rumours are true. Well, the ones that were back anyway. <laughs> so played. Yeah. The boy Hedges though, I've heard good things about. We've got a mate that's a Barnsley fan and he reckons that um, he was offered a new deal at Barnsley but decided to come to Aberdeen. I don't, he's a re- some injuries but uh, yeah. definitely got talent. So I don't know much about him other than some of the clips you see online but um, you know, you've know you seen this thing before how many players can look good in a 15 minute clip or 5 minute clip online. Um, even me and Chris probably look good in five minutes. No. Certainly, no. <laughs> um, but e- even even on YouTube, I look terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Um, but you know, I I don't know much about him, but he's come um, from what I'm hearing. He's come with good pedigree and hopefully does well. But every time I hear hedges, I just keep thinking of the Mike Bassett joke, um, the Benson hedges. Brilliant. I'm getting deja vu, but that's only because we've had this conversation on WhatsApp. Yeah. The, the other name, the, the other massive name I've seen signed uh, is Livingston. Livingston signed Pepe. Yeah, aye. <laughs> Not aye. that one, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, um, what's, what's this And Rangers have finally signed Greg Stewart. Yeah, that, that was done today, yeah, today. Yeah, that's just, I, I still don't get it, to be honest. No, um, he's been utter rubbish for Aberdeen in two different spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he did really well at Kilmarnock alongside Brophy, um, but I'd. I, if Rangers can get the best out of him, then fair enough. But I, I, I don't understand why he didn't work at Aberdeen. You guys were one better than I do. But um, if he couldn't work at Aberdeen, I don't see how he's going to work at Rangers. No, I mean, Aldo has a theory that it, it needs to be um, a certain brand of football um, that gets the best at a shirt. But see, to be honest, I don't know if 
Um, it's getting to do with that. I think it's just the fact that Greg Stewart um, isn't suited to playing for bigger name teams. With all due respect to Kilmarnock, um, they were a team that's been punched above their weight the last couple of years. It Dundee flourished, um, you know, because again, they're a team with not much expectation. But he went down to Birmingham, didn't it work out? He's went to Aberdeen, obviously that's not worked out. And I just don't get this um, that Rangers are signing him, to be honest. I don't see where he's going to fit in with some of the players they've got. Um, you know, but unless um, it's just down to finance, they're just trying to get a couple of players for as cheap as possible. And it's a good business model if they can sell players on. But Greg Stewart's 29, so um, yeah. he's a guy that needs I think to be I it's maybe there. a cheap option for a squad player. Yeah, probably. And the other rumour that I'm reading, but a couple of Rangers fans I know in my work um, are saying that it's just paper talk. Um, Josh McGuinness. Again, I don't see why. <laughs> to be fair, Lafferty. That possibly, but to be fair, McGinnis. I used to. McGinnis was one of those players I hated Celtic played against because he had a habit of scoring against us. The same as Brophy actually. Um, so it would be nice if Rangers actually had a striker that could score against us, or not like Morelos. <laughs> yeah. I see Hamilton signed uh, Blair Alston. And was it Easton as well? Yeah, that's right. They took him back. Went back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few other ones as well. Motherwell have signed, is it? Long. Guy Long, striker. When they played a long ball. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then, I don't know if there's any relation to Mike Newell, but Joe Newell signed for Hibs from Rotherham. Yeah. I think Hibs have signed a few players already. Uh, Jackson, this is starting to get done slowly. And then Scott Allen, obviously. Yeah. Forgot. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Everybody forgot about Scott Allen. Uh, that was done. That was that was done. That's all going. You signed him. That's that. That's why you signed Turnbull to replace Scott Allen. <laughs> what is the banter signing? Yeah. Aye. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully it works out for Allen. Although, um, I wonder if Heckenbot will make think. I didn't sign him, but. Sure. That's, that's the irony, is it? He could have played for Lennon and didn't. <laughs> yeah. I know. And uh, Blair Spittles went um, to Ross County from Partick Thistle. Um, it's a player that flatters to deceive. Um, Spittle. Utility player, though. You know, I suppose he yeah. can cover a few positions there. Eh? Yeah, but they're um, selling the, the boy lines at Rotherham, except a £200,000 bid. So. I think I think it'll be the start of July when you really start seeing most activity happening. Um, Aye, I think so. So, um, some clubs obviously started some early, but I think you'll find towards the end of this month, we get certainly beginning of July, that's when most activity will happen. And then in the middle of July, that's when the European qualifiers start and the Betfred Cup. Take it pre-season, then we're starting that week for some teams. <laughs> I think I think so. so. I am sure Scott Sinclair was tweeting about that uh, earlier week last week. Yeah. It, was, it was started last week I think it was there was another week off and then he was back at work yeah I'm sure Aberdeen are playing Conan's Key Nomads on the 29th of June in their first friendly that's the thing you need to fit it in at that, that, that point in time because you've got your qualifiers coming up yeah. you will do that just goes back to what you were saying earlier yeah if are just expecting us to play more and more just, there's, there's no time off anymore yeah because we're, I mean, we're about to talk about Scotland games and it's a middle oh, That's right, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been putting yeah. it off. Yeah. 
We can just let John talk because he, he actually seen See, me watch them. Was that one of them? I was, yeah, I was uh, at Hamden Saturday. Um, What's the crowd, by the way? Cause I, 30, I one, th- 31,000 something, which uh, isn't it great. Um, I think, let's just put it this way, had McLeish still been in charge, um, the, it would have been less than 20,000, I think. I, um, I reckon had McLeish still been in charge of that game, the woman would have beat him for the friendly against Jamaica. Aye, possibly. Yeah. But I think the, the new manager bounced for the, the fans as well made a difference. So, um, yeah. But it just well, over a big difference. Team with McLeish in charge, going uh, crowd-wise. Uh, yeah, it's going to take more than just the, the appointment of Steve Clark um, to get fans back in. You know, At the end of the day, um, there's a lot of apathy with the SFA, with Hamden, just um, the fact the national team hasn't been performing well for a while. Um and the game in the first half was, was terrible, I think. I don't know what it is. We've got players that are playing at a decent level. Um, like, say, you know, Kenny McLean came in. I thought it was actually one of the better players. But, um, you know, like, say, John McGinn's been player of the season. Um, at Villa scoring the winning goal in the playoff. Um, but he was very poor. Um, Stephen has also had a decent season for Kilmarnock. But most of his passes were um, were safe. He, he wasn't really prepared to pass forward at all. Um, I thought McGregor was pretty poor in the... The first half, a wee bit better second half, but you think these players are playing at a decent level week in week out. But in a Scotland shirt, there's just something that they feel the bur- that there's a burden on them that just doesn't get the best out of them. Um, but second half, it needed something special to, um, to break Cyprus down because they were being very rigid, and it was an absolute peach of a goal from Champions League winner Andy Robertson, um, yep. capping off a, a great seven days for him. Um, but it's then his fault for the equaliser because um, he loses his man, he's caught under the ball and it's a free header um, but to be fair it's a, it's a great reaction to go straight up the part and score, you know, get the winning goal, great cross by Fraser um, but very unlucky not to score with his, with his header but he followed up brilliantly um, reacted very well and just did the simple job and yeah, it was a it was a relief um, to get the three points, but it was three points we desperately needed. But the, um, it's clear that it's going to take a lot of work with Clark before um, we see better performances. I didn't It'll see be... the highlights, but did the did Cyprus touch the ball again before we get the the winner? They might. Have, I can't remember to be perfectly honest. Um, but but yeah, it was almost in, instantaneous. It we went up yeah. the park and no. Um, it was it was clear that there was like, that this this point isn't good enough. They, you know they could have let that get get them down the, the equaliser, but they went straight up the park, um, you know, and, and scored the winner, which was obviously um, a relief to everyone around Hamden. Um, what was I, the general atmosphere like? It was it was pretty weird. Um, I think I think it'd be a Scotland game for a while. The atmosphere has not been as good. I mean, I obviously remember um, you know two thousand eight was its peak. You know. If, Yes. Um, you know, it was sell it all the time. There was, you know, a, a feel good factor. You weren't caring um, who, you know, what clubs the, the guys played for. Um, it didn't matter if it was like Barry Ferguson of Rangers or um, Gary Caldwell Celtic, for example. You know, they got behind everyone. Nowadays, it's just like there's too much um, club politics coming into things, um, which is affecting the mood of the fans as well. But it got it got a better second half, but it wasn't fantastic. What did you think of the equaliser? 
I've seen a lot of people saying it was Andy Robertson's fault, but actually I thought it was quite clever for the Cypriot guy. Because Robertson was marking him, and he kinda, the Cypriot guy took him into where McKenna was marking his man. And then just as the ball came in, he kind of ran away. And kinda, mm-hmm. What happened was he kind of got Robertson stuck between him and McKenna. Mm-hmm. Was, I thought it was really clever. But all, all, all I heard after it was, oh, Robertson's lost his man. And wow, just, it's always a negative part of it. Yeah. I just want to praise the separation. Like it's, it's, it, it's too easy. And the other argument you could say, but um, a lot of teams don't seem to do this nowadays, is there's nobody in the post. If for someone in the post, that ball gets cleared. I would rather Robertson was on the post clearing that, to be honest, because he's not got the height to mark a six foot separate. But um, the guy didn't even need to jump, which was disappointing. Um, but. Yeah, it was just it was poor it was poor defending um, all round for that goal. But as I say, the reaction was good. Um, but overall, there was there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, I thought Tuesday night, um, you almost felt a wee bit. It was weird because we lost the game three 0 but you felt as though there was some signs of progress within that performance because we did work hard in the first half and we were organised for up until a spell until all of a sudden McTominay loses his man. Mulgrew's um, putting his hand up for a corner rather than closing down Hazard, and Scott McKenna um, just doesn't jump high enough. And then yeah. the game, pl- you know, the half-time team talk is just completely gone. Too uh, many of them stopped thinking that was going out for a corner. Yeah, and you can't switch off against guys like Eden Hazard, you know, who's just moved from no. for eighty-nine million quid, um, one of the best players in the world. Um, it's difficult to be over- overly critical. Um, when you consider the level of opposition, I mean, Belgium for me, I think, are. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the competition next year. They were unlucky not to win the World Cup last year. Um, just that France done them a good game plan last in, in the World Cup semi final. Um, but they've got a lot of players who've been playing together for years. You know, you've got guys like Vertonghen, 114 caps. Um, Hazard must be about 90 caps by now. Um, De Bruyne's in 70 caps. And they said the squad had 800 caps. Yeah. Aye. And they've uh, all been together playing together for about 10 years. Yeah, and we've never had 100 between us. Yeah. I think there's two, there's two ways to look at the Belgium game. On the one hand, we lost we lost 3-0 to one of the best teams in the world. Um, I'm not buying this FIFA World Rankings thing at all. France are, the, yeah. France are the best team in the world. They're the world champions. We had a World Cup to prove this last year. Yeah, they got um, so, Indeed they did, aye. Um, so <laughs> I'm kind of laughing the face at it, but then... So, aye, anyway, so Belgium, one of the best teams in the world, finished third at the World Cup last year. Um, we managed, we, we lost 3-0 to them for a goal in the 45th plus one minute. Uh, mm-hmm. The last goal was scored in the 90 plus two minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we had two injury time goals and we had one that was blatantly offside. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to look at it. On the other hand, we should have been humped. Lukaku oh, yes. had about 10 chances yeah. and missed most of them. De Bruyne had a few decent chances that never uh, managed to get in the net either. It was just the number of chances they created. I thought they should have scored that. They should have scored that too. They should have scored that one. They should have scored that. It was nothing to do with our defending. Marshall made a few good saves, but I don't think it was anything spectacular. Um, it was mostly down to Lukaku missing, to be honest. My favourite one was Lukaku managed to block a teammate's shot, then managed to take, take, it broke for him, so he then put it wide. So Lukaku is like the Belgium version of Chris Boyd. Yes, he scored twice against us, but he took ten attempts to get it. Yeah, we never had a corner. Yeah, two thought, shots in goal we had. I thought we had a yeah, corner two, late on in the game. Yeah, I think we'd 
to oh, my, um, my boy had my boy had money on it because he was like, oh, I'm, I put a bet on a. Can you check the the start to see if Scotland have had a corner? And I checked it in Sky during the game and said, yeah, they had a corner. But then it's then you know he, he won his bet, so I know they've got a corner. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had two attempts and goals. So one for Oliver Oliver Burton in the ninth minute, which he completely scuffs in. Yep, I think then he McKenna. should have been better. And McKenna falls to the wrong man, but then James Forrest should be putting his laces out. And Forrest, to be fair, admittedly yeah. at the end of the game said, I should have hit that. Um, I don't know what Forrest was doing, and if he was a man, he should have put his laces to it. Then fair enough. But, um, just hit it off a defender's hand. Just hit it off a defender's hand and get a penalty. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's we'll, the way it goes now, isn't it? We'll, we'll, I, um, I don't know. It depends what rules we're playing uh, in, the, in the qualifiers. We certainly didn't have the, the benefit of VAR. We wouldn't have had that bloody second goal. Yeah. And that's the other thing is. At 1-0 down at half-time, there's still a chance we could nick something. The second goal, which was offside, I don't think anybody's going to uh, doubt that one. Yeah. That kills it. Once it goes 2-0, well, there's no chance of us getting anything out of that game. We could have nicked one. Yeah. We weren't going to get a second. There's the argument that um, you know if we'd scored that chance at McKenna slash Forrest had, then it might have put Belgium under pressure for the last six minutes. But to be fair, Belgium would have just went up in our gear and made it 3-1. Um, Possible. But, yeah. Um, but whether... It was always going to be a case of um, you know trying to get the score down as much as possible. Um, we're on six points. We should be in nine, but we also blew three points in Kazakhstan, um, which is why we're in this position. For me, we're building we're building towards the playoff next year. Um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult against Russia now. Russia had a struggle against Cyprus um, the other night as well. They only won one nil at home, um, which proves that Cyprus are probably not the mugs that people thought. Um, and it's but Russia are, are really they had a good World Cup last year. Oh yeah, it was in home soil, but that's going to be real difficult for us to to come through. Um, even if we get four points or six points, we've still got a lot of work to do because that Kazakhstan game. Yeah. I can't see it. I, I don't. It's building. It's building for playoff for us. It's the playoff that, but then you need to get some kind of results to get a bit of confidence. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if we're looking back in this campaign thinking pity about that Kazakhstan game I think we've done pretty well um, if we're looking back at this campaign thinking the Kazakhstan game was just one of many that we didn't really do well in mm-hmm. then we've still got a problem um, yeah. so far Steve Clark's done exactly what we expected him to do he got the three points at home at Cyprus mm-hmm. we did our best against Belgium but we were always going to lose that Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing unexpected there was nothing spectacular um, but ultimately, we, don't, we aren't really looking for spectacle. We're just looking for three, three points against Cyprus. It's going to be a bit of time to see how he gets on in the next round of games. The Russia home game is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to have any chance in this group, we need to win it. Absolutely, but, yeah. But I, even then, I, I, I agree. I don't think I don't think we're actually playing. I think anything we can get out of this group is a bonus. We're, we're playing for a build up to our, our playoff yeah. that we've already secured. Aye. So and one thing will be is at least in that season we're going to have more players playing at a kind of better level in terms of England like McLean and McGinn so hopefully they're playing regularly as many mm-hmm. players playing at the top level the better yeah clubs. yeah and there's no reason to suggest why neither player will be um, won't be playing regularly in the Premier League you know, Kenny McLean obviously came into Norwich team and helped them uh, win promotion and he looked one of our more comfortable players Um over the two games, um, looks as though international football suits him, and you know it just proves to some Aberdeen fa- some Aberdeen fans who know nothing about football that um, you know 
he's a better player than they think. Um, he's John a clever McGinn, player. He's always been a clever player. Yeah, exactly. Uses the ball well. John McGinn, he's had a good season for Villa. Scored the one goal. Player of the year. Um, I mean, I know they're all swapping money down there, but yeah, I'd like to think that they'd still be um, big parts of their season next year. And it also depends with Steve Clark um, what players he can... Um, what conversation has with certain players over um, the summer because it all happened quite quickly him getting the job it was like a week later he had to name his squad and what a week 10 days later he was um, preparing for two games so he's not had a lot of time in the job to do what he needs to do and there's I think there's a couple of players missed the games because of weddings as well um, having not been part of the squad for so long it would have been harsh for him to um, pack in their wedding to come play for us all of a sudden so who knows what the squad will look like in September I think there'll be some changes maybe not wholesale I doubt it'll be wholesale but um, I can't see there being many changes I don't think there's really many other players you can kind of call upon I know you mentioned the ones at the wedding but was it Patterson Callum Patterson I think think Patterson was injured anyway but um, John Flake was when it was um, getting married I know that much Um, because there was maybe some... players like Turnbull and Ferguson yeah. maybe developing further and getting in yeah. a bit midfield maybe the toughest area to get in. There was talk about that Liam Cooper getting called up but he, um, he apparently um, then then he wasn't named in the squads and some people says he turned down the call but other people, it, it could well be he was one of the ones getting married but to be honest I'm not sure of Liam Cooper having seen him in a couple of games for Leeds in the, the Championship playoff and against Sheffield United. In fact he pretty much sold them the that playoff semi-final for Leeds, but maybe I'm being overly critical. At least we've got an hour left back that can do a job as well. Yeah, he was good, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what he did, an hour left back. Aye. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> we, 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 we've got two terrific left backs and neither of them are fit for that game against Belgium, so yeah. that didn't really help. Mm-hmm. I just, you were talking about Norwich. Um, I, th- I can't remember who it was that tweeted up. Um, I think it went Bet365. It was one of the betting people anyway. Um, they, they, they were uh, tweeting something about, how do you stop Pookie scoring? Put myself at Jersey. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, I had to read it like three or four times to even believe it was what I was reading. I know he's had a great season down there for Norwich, which just mm-hmm. shows that all these all these championship fans that you would say, oh, man, Dan would score in the Scottish League. Uh, well, mm. <laughs> Your top scorer down there didn't. Yeah, I think there was some talk recently about the fact that Scottish clubs can hopefully demand a bit more money off English clubs after what the likes of McLean and McGinn have done. Aye, aye, I would hope so. Um, well, Hibs did all right, but obviously McGinn transfer-wise, but uh, yeah, we were... I'm a bit critical of Aberdeen when it comes to kind of transfers and letting their best players run out of contract. Yeah, I've, I know we got. A, I know we did get a nominal fee for him, but it was very much nominal. I hope there's a selling clause in there. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, obviously, there's a Ryan Fraser selling clause. I mean, I know um, some Aberdeen fans are panicking because he says I'm likely going to be at Bournemouth next year, rendered in my contract, which would mean that we wouldn't get in next year. But if Bournemouth get an offer of twenty five thirty million, they're taking it, no matter how much they talk about um, how much they'd rather have Ryan Fraser and losing for nothing next year. Um, We'll just need to wait and see what happens. If we get the money, we get the money. But at the end of the day, that was another one that we were talking about Jake Casey. Um, Ryan Fraser was only given a one-year deal by Craig Brown. He then came into the team, showed how good he was, and we were too late in trying to get him tagged down. Um, see, when he first came through, though, like before he can actually start playing first-team football, had you heard much about him yourself? No, I hadn't. And usually, can I keep an eye on kind of 
you'd set up, but he kind of was probably 17, 18. And just like, it was almost mm-hmm. if he just appeared on the scene. Yeah. Such I, a joy to watch. Yeah, I had um, harsh words about him because he's only played 12 games and my, my impression was uh, he just... He thinks it's too good. Um, I, I called him a rat, etc. But when you actually listen to what he had to say, but part of the reasons he wanted to leave was um, he wasn't happy that he wasn't. He wanted to stay behind for to do extra training, but he was restricted. Um, they couldn't um, do that. Whereas obviously Bournemouth had their own training ground and they were able to do things like that. So um, yeah, and they were in League One at the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but but no, good luck to him. He was. Um, he was decent when he came on and uh, on Tuesday, but let's hope that you know, like Arsenal and Liverpool, just put the money in and Aberdeen get a nice wee six million. That'd be lovely. Yeah, the, the key with Fraser as well is in terms of a Scotland, he should have about twenty odd caps by now, maybe even more. At his age, so hopefully Clark. That's one thing. There was no real, no, was there any call-offs? There, there was none. None which at is, all. Is good, and that was a bit like what it was under Strachan. I mm-hmm. think a lot of time towards the end of striking. I know there was maybe some players that had disagreements, but generally um, players were turning up, whereas McLeish, I just think, folk just yeah. weren't wanting to play for him. Yeah. For whatever reason. Well, it's obvious that people wouldn't want to play with McLeish. Um, and I just, well, we've spoken about it before, you know, McLeish, McLeish just isn't the same manager anymore as he was 10 years ago. Um, for me, he's, since he left Birmingham, um, it's just been downhill and. I don't see him back in football management anytime soon. Yeah, I think just football's evolved. Yeah. It's a bit like the Mourinho situation in terms of mm-hmm. the new breed of managers came across that were maybe a bit more attacking and stylish and Mourinho was maybe a bit stuck in his ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's been 21 years since we went to major finals. That was in France. Um, but the women are there just now and they played pretty well in the second half of their game against England. Didn't see much in the first half, but what I did see, um, they looked overawed. England were playing pretty well, um, but then second half was a much better performance. And maybe if it had a few more minutes, we could have got a draw out of that. But didn't you consider as well? England are ranked third in the world. Yeah, exactly. It's our first game in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent. I was out. I wasn't out watching it as per se, but I was out in the. I think the second half. I saw a bit of the second half. There was actually quite a fair few folk out watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it did kind of capture a lot of interest, which is six, good. six million people across um, yeah. the UK watched it, which is a record for watching women's football in this country, in uh, Great Britain. To put that in perspective, the the two games that England played in the Nations League finals, um, there was three point one million, I think it read. They mm-hmm. watched the Netherlands game, which is the one that actually meant something, and the third place match was watched by about one point eight, one point nine million. <laughs> And that was yeah, on been... just before the, the Scotland-England game was on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how many folk do you watch the Scotland games on Sky? Oh, I dread to think how many watched it in Cyprus. I know, not <laughs> there, was only, there was only one person on this podcast managed to watch that. So, so it, it, it definitely helps when football's on free-to-air TV. Aye. But that's the thing, exactly. I mean, there are nowadays. The, the, the Scotland game against Cyprus is a, is a perfect example. I would have watched that if they'd been in council tele. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go out of my way to watch it in Sky because I could have. Um, I don't have Sky Sports, but I could have got like. Yeah. I could have got a Now TV day pass, for instance. Yes, yeah, so I contemplated. It. Yeah, I did contemplate it. You can get it month pass, can't you? Sometimes you can get plus one to three, maybe. Oh, I, I don't know. Ah, you can get mm-hmm. you can get all sorts of passes. I, I did I did consider a day pass, and I thought, like, no, nah, you know what? I'll save up for another day when I actually want to watch a game. Yeah. Whereas if it was on, if it was on like BBC Scotland or something like that. No doubt I would have watched it. 
it's just annoying the fact that you get England can watch their games on their on well, uh, ITV or whatever it is, whereas we can't watch games unless we get some kind of. Right, so Nicola, see when you get your independent Scotland, going to make this in the rules. <laughs> Scotland games have to be in the uh, council Taylor. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, there's a few things I need sorted out. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the most important one. <laughs> I'm on the Scotland games on the council Taylor again. <laughs> I just want to get back to if I, I, I still maintain back to like Saturdays. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's just people are more likely to go to games this because <laughs> the, tra- the transport system is not good enough and. Glasgow and mm-hmm. the areas to get back. Saturday night's a prime example. A prime example. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are folks supposed to get back to likes uh, Aberdeen, Edinburgh, and well, Edinburgh not so much, but Inverness and all these places? The week of football is killing international football, in my opinion. You know, all this, um, you know, thurs- Thursday, Sunday, Friday, Monday, Saturday, Tuesday. Just go with the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday. And stick to it. Um, all all your games on the one day. Um, Let's wait till Sky say play the game at midnight. They'll do it. Aye. Midnight. That's fine. Any bother. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, it's. I think it's UEFA that's obviously driving this, and they know that the likes of Sky is going to um, pick up the rights. Have you noticed that um, since Scotland games went to Sky Sports, we've never qualified? <laughs> I saw somebody say that Ian Crocker he's a jinx uh, that was right, me so does that mean there's a couple of things so apart from that you? having to end the podcast after this season which I think we should do so Celtic stop winning the league <laughs> no. no no I will keep going myself if I have to <laughs> that's solo no, no. But, no but apparently Rangers, yeah but apparently Rangers will win the league next season um, likes of you and Cameron's already saying that Rangers have won the league for next season um, this is the same Ewan Cameron who um, once had to rename himself Bobby Puller because he predicted Rangers would win the league and Celtic won it with Jan Weger excellent goal against Dundee United last of the season. So right. any Celtic fan listening to that thinking, well, Ewan's predicted Rangers to win the league, it's our year, it's Celtic's year. <laughs> um, but anyway, going back to Scottish women, um, I don't know how we've debated for that I know I've wondered for it. Um, I, as you said I, I watched most of the first half I kind of seen bits and pieces of the second half um, but the, it was it looked to me like they started reasonably well and the English didn't exactly look like they were steady but then the penalty happened with the brand new handball rule screwing us over straight away um, had that been the old handball rule I don't think it's a penalty I yeah. think it's ball to hand, yeah. but since the new one has the the, the words some along the lines of the ball touches the player's hand or arm, which has made their body unnaturally bigger. Mm-hmm. I think as if the phrase now, <laughs> basically. It's going to be ridiculous. Aye. I mean, it's going to be just play the ball off the hand. Yeah, not not one um, English player appeal for a penalty kick. <laughs> You know, the referee didn't take any notes. It was a few minutes later that the full kit wankers in the studio said, have a look at that, give a penalty. You know, it's just... And it was the same with the Champions League final as well. I mean, this was the question I was asking. These new rules haven't kicked in the next season, but apparently they kicked in on that day, um, the 1st of June, and then obviously um, that's how Liverpool got their penalty. Mm-hmm. In the final, but that was um, really harsh because you can see the Tottenham player was pointing to a player to say... Watch the watch the guy in the outside who I think was Robertson and Salas played it in and it's it's hit the midriff up onto the arm and 
but that was an awful this, game. Yeah, that was a dreadful game. Um, For it to be the spectacle in terms of the best game in Europe, supposedly. Oh my god. Yeah, and then the women's win. That's just a ridiculous decision. Um, but it's going to be even worse, as you say, yeah. John, for during the football season. Yeah, look, I I agree. I mean, it's I don't like this rule change already, and it's not just because it screws Scotland over. Um, I, I, I did have a laugh at that though, because even earlier that day, the English have been whinging about how VR screwed them again, mm-hmm. because like, they, they, like, they kept getting goals ruled out for offside correctly. Yeah. Oh VR, this is correct. You're whinging because they get caught by the telly. They were the one. They were one of the main complainers when it was the Lampard's oh, goal against Germany. Yeah. All these goal line technology, and then as soon as it comes out and it's against them, same as anything. No football fans will always be fickle in terms of you want no. decisions they, for you, and then you don't want anyone else getting these same decisions. The English so, certainly weren't complaining about VAR after that penalty. That season, we'll all be, we'll all be loving it when our when our attacking players are hitting balls off centre backs' hands. Aye, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be practiced in training. I know. I think I think defenders are going to be going out with their arms tied behind their backs, and they're yes. just going to run with their arms behind their backs every time. That's yeah. what it's going to get to. That could make a better game, to be honest. Sometimes <laughs> funny. It'd be funny. Do that in the Champions League. Try it in the Champions League final. That's a good time to do that. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the penalty. The, the, obviously, England don't score the penalty, and that seemed to settle them because after that. They just dominated the rest of the first half. Yeah. Uh, they looked like they could have scored a few more. They did have the ball in the net again, but right ruled off for offside. She was a mile off. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she was celebrating it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> she had that stupid goggles celebration as well, which we saw again later when she got the second goal. She's um, a fan of Cologne, supposedly, and Modeste does it. So that, that's why she was doing it. Right. So that's right. why she was doing it. Oh, his celebration sucks as well, then. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, but uh, the the second half, what I seen of it and what I was reading about, Scotland seemed to come out a lot better. Um, I don't know how much of that had to do with the fact that England seemed to take their foot off the gas a bit because they were two in a lump. Um, but ultimately, we we get to go back with a few minutes left. Um, so um, Claire Elmsley gets to take Craig Burley's title away from him after twenty one years. She's now the last Scottish person to score at a World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one team that never took their foot off the gas was USA. Yeah. Uh, Thailand. I've not seen the celebrations, but why are they getting criticised for disgraceful celebrations? Well, because, it was part? someone in Canadian TV They said it was disrespectful. What? Uh, but it, it's probably the Canadian version of Tom English. Fun fun. <laughs> You know what? Yeah. Something now. You enjoy it. Have fun. Right. Do you know? I I don't. I hate it when you know you see a for example, Lukaku didn't really celebrate much scoring against Scotland because he thought, oh, it's just Scotland. It's not one of the bigger nations. It, it, it's supposed to be a good, a good thing scoring a goal. Celebrate. To be, to be fair, in Lukaku's case, it was probably more a case of oh, finally put one in. Right. True. Yeah. But no, um, I think um, what might become a problem and what kind of worries me a bit for um, Scotland's hopes of progressing into this group is the fact that the other game finished a draw, mm-hmm. uh, Argentina and Japan. So um, Scotland are playing Japan tomorrow, I think it is. Yeah. Lunchtime, Two which is annoying. Yeah, I know. Watch it. Um, 
And then I think the the last game against Argentina is an evening kickoff, so I'll probably watch that one at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the Argentina game is the one that we hope to win if we're going to win any of them. Yeah. The thing about the Japanese game is, yes, they've been in the last, I think it's the last three finals or something they've been in. But they're quite a young team now. They've made quite a few changes since they were there four years ago. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, they won it in 2011 and were finalists um, in 2015. They get beat 4-1 by USA. So it is going to be a difficult game for us. Um, they're 7th in the world, so we're 20th. Um, yeah. Argentina's 37th. Um, so that's why we're, the, we're looking at that one going, that's the game we need to win. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Argentina proved they're not going to be a, a, a pushover. They got the draw against Japan. We're hoping to do something similar against Japan ourselves to try and, if we can, if we can get the same number of points as, as Argentina going into that final game mm-hmm. and then ideally win that game, four points is surely going to make us at least one of the best third teams. You would, you would think so, because it's obviously a similar format to... Um... The, the the now European Championships, the, the old World Cups of 1990-94, um, the best four teams uh, qualify. So you'd imagine four, team, uh, four, teams, four points should be good enough and our goal difference at the moment um, is minus one. Um, whereas, like for example, Jamaica's sitting at minus three just now. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's also important that if we do lose to Japan tomorrow, we don't get humped. Yeah. So, a 2-1 against England is actually a really good result. Well, well I've put out um, a Twitter poll, um, and as we said, I only put out a couple of hours ago. Um, how will Scotland's women fare against Japan tomorrow? Win, draw, lose. Um, 6% say lose at 16 votes. 6% say draw. 88% think we'll win. Nice. So That's confidence for you. I would love that to be right. If we beat Japan, we're going to start thinking we can win the damn thing. Yeah, I know. But I think we can take a lot of positives. In fact, we were playing the third best team in the world, and um, you know we gave you know considering that two years ago that same England team beat us six nil, um, you know it's a massive improvement there. And you know, the Scotland team looks pretty good going forward. Um, the likes of um, Aaron Cuthbert's a really good player, um, and Elmsley obviously took Cargo well. So just got to take the positives from. Is Cuthbert a really good player, or is it just Lee Mendelson in a wig? <laughs> that's, that's one of my favourite tweets. This has been doing the rounds the last few weeks. There is there is quite a similarity, around that. Um, but yeah, they've just got to take the positives of that game into the Japan game, and there's there's every chance. Um, you just got to hope Japan's in a bit of a down for not beating Argentina. The flip side is, as you've hinted at a wee bit, they might be angry. Um, having I think Japan's tro- nickname is the Beautiful Flower Women's Team. <laughs> what? Yeah, something like that. That's such a euphemism. <sighs> Choose words carefully. <laughs> Pretty sure I either read it or heard it on the news earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The beautiful flower. <laughs> As opposed to the Scotland men's national team who have been a bunch of... F- no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... But I've seen uh, Australia um, gave Brazil their first group stage defeat in 24 years. I'm reading it off the BBC website, obviously. But yeah, Australia were 2-0 down and came back to beat them 3-2. I heard their but... coach tore a few strips off them. <laughs> we 
we'll just leave that one hanging. So we move on for it. <laughs> yeah, yes. just clear off. Quite edit, edit, cut, edit, <laughs> cut the last few minutes or something like that. Yeah. I'm now trying. To, I've now tried to Google it and see if I can find out the name if it is if that's what it's called. But I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. Beautiful fire. You can get the nickname for the men's team. The men's team is called Samurai Blue, and that's a good name. That's a strong name. Mm-hmm. Samurai Blue, I like that. If you could go on the beautiful floor, you might be something. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good like that. I don't like green fingers. <laughs> oh dear. That's the podcast title for the night, then. <laughs> what, I don't like green fingers? Oh, God. No, the beautiful floor. <laughs> Alright, okay. Yeah. So uh, I, we're going to talk about highlights of the podcast this season. Has it just been the last couple of minutes? I probably. And the bit we added on for the, the before we started the other week as well. I think. Oh yeah, that was one of us. Anytime one of us doesn't make it, and there's a sick note, that's usually pretty good. <laughs> or not a sick note, as in we just make up a reason for folk not being on. Um, was so, it this season I missed the podcast because I fell asleep on the couch yes it was yes, yes it was uh, um, and then supposedly Laurie was giving me some kind of <laughs> sausage or pie or something like that and, <laughs> uh, and then John missed it because he was giving the wife a bath or something like that no, I was yes. just late coming on because of that there was um, there was one um, episode but I think it, it might have been the Angry Pants one um, where John, you you had um you had the man flu at the time, and you came. You I think you had a few hot toddies before you came on. <laughs> oh yeah, didn't talk properly. Yeah, that was one of the funniest you'd ever been on. I'm I'm pretty certain it was. Yeah, was that not the you could the Victorian? I don't know, was it? Maybe. I can't remember. It might have been the week, the week of the big Talbot game. Which big Talbot game? Well, was it that? Uh, yes. been a few. I'm trying to think if it was after the air game. No, I th- do you know what I think it was? It was it was called Angry Pants. I'm pretty sure we were talking about um, Andrew Dallas at the time. That narrows it down to about 20. That was the other news that came out recently. Was that he's no longer a FIFA registered referee. Yeah. Now, if we only we can just make sure he's not an SFA registered referee, we'll all be doing yeah. a bit better. Mm-hmm. I think any time we, we don't talk about football, that's usually a highlight. On the podcast, <laughs> yeah, still game minus cooping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. When we do talk about football, I think my highlights have been the guests we've had on this. Uh, this yes, year. yeah, yeah. I love when Big Shot, uh, say Big Sean, Sean McElroy, the Talbot striker, was on, and he was talking about players who obviously I knew about because he was talking about nicknames and all that. And you could, could even talk about anyone as far as being a Euro concerned. It was like, yeah, it just. Spoke like that. He speaks like that. Do you know something? See when Sean was on that one, he was talking about his uh, his time in Australia. It just didn't have put things into perspective that we moan about a three-year um, car journey down to, from Aberdeen down to um, <laughs> down to Glasgow, whereas um, teams have to get a five-hour flight from Perth to Sydney. <laughs> something. Yeah, I know, but even still, <laughs> although they're, pro- they're probably flying with Jetstar. Jetstar's a good flight. That's their version of EasyJet, by the way. Yeah. 
Alright, okay. I didn't know that. I've known nothing about British Dragon well, Flight. Well, I'd, I'd spent obviously a month out there and um, I think I'd f- five internal flights during my trip out there and they were all with Jetstar. <laughs> I'm just looking back at podcast titles as well. Do you remember the time when uh, Hearts were going to uh, challenge for the league? The old Salt and Sauce Premiership? November. Yeah. Oh, because Hearts and Hibs were the top, right? October. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it was October. Uh-huh. I don't think it was until November Hearts weren't top. They, they were up there for a while. It's amazing how, how they just... They not only fell away, but finished sixth. Yeah, sixth in the league. Right, so... Obviously, but, you know, we did the cup final at one point as well. But yeah, but then yeah. the the their yeah. whole their whole team, well, one player Stephen A. Smith went out. So that's aye, why they. Aye, to be fair, I mean they, they did they did lose not just A. Smith but a whole bunch of other players. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Bear was out for a while and like Shooter was out for a while as well. And mm-hmm. Just they, they all seemed to come at once. But the A. Smith one was the most crucial one because it just collapsed after that. Yeah, because they lost Nate Smith again, and then that's when it hit even worse for him. Even with Suter yeah. back in the team and Berra back in the team and Nick Petty back in the team, um, bottom line is Craig Levine just um, diverted to hoofball all the time. Um, Alright, so who's our top target to go on that season? What to go on the podcast? Why? Well, well, we're going to get them on. Um, well, I mean, we've we've got a couple of names that could potentially come on. I won't well I won't name them on here um just now just oh. in case it um it falls through but yeah there's been a couple that have been um, have said they'd be interested. So what you need to do is get to the airport to meet potential guests. Remember that's how I got uh Sean, Sean McElroy <laughs> <laughs> New Year's trip to Paris and uh, he's in front of me in the queue. Yeah. I, so I, I wasn't trying to get him anyway but it was like I that's the that's the lens we go to to get guests. <laughs> Airport stalking for guests. Private jet and all that. <laughs> I will. Um, you're going holiday in a few weeks, you say, so you yeah, might see a, a couple of players that are coming back from um, pre-season. That's okay. We'll be stalking up now for good while, making sure we get the players on. Mind you, they, bloody, they will be back playing football. Don't, I will not see them. They were the way back. Uh, back, I, I know, but unless I, I don't think Morocco's part of Europe yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. There's going to be some dramatic shift. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose you get like Kazakhstan, they're apparently European. Exactly. Australia. Yeah. Australia get to compete in Eurovision, so aye, yeah, why not? Get Morocco in. Just get them in. <laughs> I, I keep on hoping that. Uh, I wouldn't get a Spanish team. No, I, I, don't, I, I, don't want I don't want Morocco to be part of Europe because they'd end up playing Scotland again and I've just got nightmares in 1998. Oh, that, that's my worst. I think that's one of my worst ever occasions watching football. The only, the only saving grace I was I was old enough to go to the pub. The only <laughs> World Cup that Scotland have been in, I'd be able to go to the pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Um, yeah, that oh, was... Oh, uh, yeah, I know that was um, a year ago, but um, that was probably one of my favourite podcasts as well, just talking about all the um, past World Cups, because that's all we can do. Um, that was a, a good one to do. Um, yeah, we're talking about Scotland at a current World Cup now. That's yeah, true. That's true. It's been good. Mm-hmm. It was good for... See, on, on Sunday, I was actually getting really excited about this idea about what Scotland at a World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. World Cups are shit. It's all about the Euros now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even qualify for them. Aye. So, um, <laughs> 
when, when the World Cup extends to 48 teams for the men's, we still won't qualify we'll for still that. Uh, <laughs> it could extend it to every team in the bloody world and we still would find a way of not qualifying. <laughs> of course we would. Scotland a few left backs. Yeah. So, what, what was your highlight from this season then? on the pitch? What, in the podcast or no, on the pitch? In, in the football. In the football. Scoring a penalty against Celtic, move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, um, probably beating Rangers in the semi final League Cup because, um, you know, for a couple of reasons, obviously the obvious um, beating Rangers and getting to a Cup final, but our season, we were down 7th or 8th place at the time, and for a while it kick-started our season. Um, so, that would be my highlight. Yeah, it's probably up there. Apart from the fact I wasn't there, because I like going to Hamden. For See, I week. was. Yeah. yeah not that was the, the tickets, 95-96. Uh, That's what helped us that day. <laughs> yeah, like an omen like that. Uh, Lewis Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, I just Lewis Ferguson. Yeah. That was a hell green. And uh, the ones I bit. Chris, I'm guessing yours is um, fairly obvious. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to put this specifically because I'm sure a lot of people would put it differently. For me, the highlight of this season is finally winning the Scottish Cup three times in a row. That to me is that that's been Scott something Cup. that's bugged like, me for so long. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted we've finally managed to do that. Um, obviously, I mean, other people will be saying treble, treble, but for me, it's specifically that. But, um, but personally, I mean, the, one of the, the things I enjoyed the most this season was the Leipzig game in the Europa League. Because um, that that's one of the best teams I've seen us beat in a long time. Um, they were terrific. Yeah. Um, you know it's the over the season? Uh, Celtic lights, disco lights, eh? That, exactly, that's, that, that's how that night started. Was That was the yeah. debut of the disco lights. And it wasn't so much the light show, it was more than... What was good as Talbot's disco light, which is the sun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a podcast title called Talbot Disco yep, Light. Yep, I know, I know. Aye, Aye. Aye so the, 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 it wasn't so much the light show itself, but when they, they left the lights down and we were singing and have a walk alone. I mean, I, I've been to European nights many times that we've sung that and... Uh, there's, there's some great type moments I remember like the very first time I kind of had that here's the back of the neck experience when we played against Bordeaux um, there was uh, the day of the, the Madrid bombings when we played Barcelona later that night where that was quite an emotional time um, there was another one where we, we, uh, the, the night Nakamura scored against Man United we beat them 1-0 mm-hmm. we, we were singing you know, after the game but started an octave too high because we were too excited <laughs> that, that sounded terrible up. but it was good at least you got your lights back on. Kelly struggled with that, didn't they? That's aye, right, when they aye, played Hibs. <laughs> the only people you could see were the Hibs players because of the aluminum strip they were wearing. <laughs> Come on, it's still beating, so you know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, the, see when it comes to aluminum strips, see that one we had this season, it was just terrible. I, I swear it was jinxed. And it did not surprise me in the least that when we finally got to wear our white one and we mm-hmm. played against St. Johnson, that was the day we won 6-0. That's right. So, yeah, just wear that one for the one. Never mind that stupid luminous nonsense. But no, sure enough. What's been the worst moment of the season on the pitch? Oh, the, uh, the or off, or or the off. cup fight, the league cup final. Hmm. 
there might just be um, probably this the same the same thing against Celtic in the Scottish Cup. That was just a horrendous day. Um, because up until I heard Neil McGinn was injured, I actually thought we had a chance. And then the minute I heard that, I thought this is going to be a bad day. And then on the pitch, it was just a write-off. So much so that I did the rare thing and leaving a game early. But it wasn't even a goal that made me leave early. It was Lewis Ferguson getting sent off and putting us down to nine men. We thought, 2-0 no down, then two men down? Nah. Oh, it was, Out we go. Yeah. But I League Cup final. I think the worst part for me was probably the, the shambles that meant the... We kind of kicked, shot ourselves in the foot trying to qualify for the Champions League again because you had the whole Boyata thing and then soon after that you had uh, Dembele as well and just the, the, the transfer window in the summer was just ridiculous. You could tell things were wrong. So um, Even then people were saying, Brendan Rodgers isn't the Celtic manager at the end of the season. Uh, or that should be his last season or something like that. And then sure enough, he was, he was away in the March. So, um, that was a... It was an odd week when he left. Yeah. I think the other low point of the season was um, Sky getting the um, TV deal from next season and BT getting basically kicked out. Um, so this is the last season of BT. I know um, most of the presenters are going to do the Premier Sports coverage for the two Cups, but to lose them for the league's oh, um, bad. Um, because the only yeah. thing that's worth keeping on Sky Sports is Ian Crocker. Although I noticed uh, they're, they're changing um, presenter because... Hayley, McQu- Hayley Queen's not doing more because she's pregnant um, so, but I think they've drafted in Hayley Barber from BT so I'm interested to see how she does Good she's, Yeah She's still got the two Jenny, like, I, I don't particularly rate Hayley McQueen um, I don't think she's that I don't think she's been that good a presenter Hayley Barber's fantastic Yeah Aye So I, that's, if that's what they're doing then they're, that's great that's great news because yeah. they'd hate it go back to something like Tanner or something like that. but Hayley Barber's a different presenter so that's, she, that's an improvement yeah, if she could just get rid of the two fannies beside her uh, commons and boys. Two fannies called Chris. Chris, Chris Aye. McKay. Aye. Aye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, mate. You, you need the why as well. I've said this myself many yeah. times. Exactly. <laughs> Not the first time I've heard that comment. Ah, Chris McKay. Chris yeah, because it was Collins. you that mentioned ah, it before, to be fair. That was. Uh, so, aye, aye, you need yeah, the why as like well. like a joke. Uh, Chris McKay, and then thought we'd be like, why? And you were like, yeah, I've got that too. Yeah, oh. That's not bad. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably about the best as it gets. Uh, <laughs> that was the worst. Hope for that season. Again, are we talking? Um, are we talking podcast or um, on the pitch stuff? Uh, it could be go off the pitch if you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, on the pitch. Aberdeen is signing some players that um, will keep the ball in the deck, so we're not playing hoof balls up to Curtis Main and. Um, Sam Cosgrove all the time. We've been like with Dylan McGeoch. I would like us to sign him. But nah, my main hope for next season, as I've been saying for the last 29, now 30 years, win the Scottish Cup. Just pray we're <laughs> going to be the, like, the crazy guy in that season. Mm-hmm. Like, Foco will be out of cope. Aye. And Paul will just be in there all the time. It'll be great. We'll no, we'll no give a damn if we win the Scottish Cup. Aye, true. And uh, we're all in the Mad Dog. I just can't believe that that was my first football. One of my first football memories was Aberdeen won the Scottish Cup, and it's not happened since. But then Liverpool have not won the league since then either, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is um. What happened? Yeah, just as long as like maybe someone can else can do away with Celtic. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been three years since anybody won anything other than Celtic, so mm-hmm. uh, I think that'll probably come to an end next season. Um, 
My my hope for next season is actually not Celtic related. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping Scotland can qualify for something. Yeah, I'm with that as well. Um, I that's what we said earlier. I think if we're going to do it, it'll be through the playoff. Um, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be the shittest tournament to qualify for though, because see, that's everybody's a host nation thing. Yeah. It just it doesn't feel like it's a proper tournament. No, I mean it's. It's crazy because in the latter stages, you know, it could be like you're playing um, Hamden the next round and then going all the way to bloody Azerbaijan for the quarterfinals. Um, I don't know. I don't know how the field draw works. I know that um, if we qualify two our games at Hamden, we're likely to play England, so we'll be playing because uh, Wembley's in the same group as us. Yeah. Um, but as things stand, um, Finland are second in their group, so they're likely going to qualify. So it would then go to the next C section. Um, team which is Bulgaria that's the that's problem there's a few toughies in there like, is Denmark are in there as well no Denmark's know. B section is there the B section yeah like, they actually Bulgaria get... when was the last time we played Bulgaria um, 91 uh, Euro 92 qualifiers we actually do twice oh no f- sorry we played them in the Kirin Cup and beat them 5-1 Aye. but in a, co- in a um, competitive game um, it was the Euro 92 Qualifying yeah, section. Yeah, so it'll be a while. Qualified. Yeah, that was the first time we qualified for Euros. I mean, it was alright. Back then for Bulgaria in Costa Rica. Yeah, they were all playing at that point because well, it was like a couple of years later. Oh man. Yeah. Like a couple of years later. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, they don't go on the finish like fourth of World Cup. Fourth yep. of the World Cup, having beat Germany in the quarterfinals. They hadn't yeah. won a game in World Cup finals history up until that um, uh, USA '94. And then they also got all the way to the semi final. I remember that tournament. I bought a Sweden top. Aye. They got pumped 4 0 in the third place match, and that dreadlock guy scored, the young guy. Aye. That happened to him. I don't remember. My dad used to talk about Aye. A reject for Feyenoords, and Celtic snapped him up. Aye. And then they had a um, poor pass in his opening game. Aye, it didn't get much better from him after that, did it? Yeah, by the way, I did hear talk that that guy might be coming back. Uh, uh, capacity. Is, that, is that the word in the street, Chris? That's rumours, aye. Uh, I don't know how true they are, but mm-hmm. maybe it'll help improve our striking force. I don't know. I don't think he's a particularly good manager. I could probably still score a goal, to be fair. Yeah, well. To be honest, probably. <laughs> I well, listen, I wouldn't read too much into these um, just because they were great strikers um, he's going to be a great um, strikers coach because Duncan Shearer was a strikers coach for Aberdeen with Steve Patterson and it didn't exactly um, work out um, and Duncan Shearer's one of our idols hi I guess they were all in the vodka well Patterson <laughs> was yeah <laughs> well, I, said, I don't know how good a coach the last one would be but he hasn't been a particularly good manager in the no. time he's, he's been doing that so I think he was relegated yeah he did and his son was um, fighting with um, fans who were having a go at him his son has well, had a couple of caps for... Aye, maybe we could get Jordan over to play. Yeah. He's for Celtic. That'd be good. That'd make old. David Wise for Kobarik? Surely not. Do you know, there's been so many big names linked with that job. Um, like with a D. Mateo, with a Gus Poyet... Um, Who's the next one that's um, Aldo's going to pluck out out of thin air? Um, Mourinho? Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't have a job yet. Yeah. 
I don't. I I have never understood the the talk around David Moyes. <laughs> he was good at Everton. He was good at Everton. <laughs> Everton was his high mark, but even then, he never won any trophies. Yeah, one cup they, final. They, they got them to the Champions League qualifying, and they lost. Um, one of the few English teams to have done that. Uh, to be fair, it was the Villarreal team that went on to the semi-final, so yeah. um, not exactly a bad Villarreal team, but it's still... The, David Moyes is a nearly man. Like, he did a lot better than Walter Smith at Everton. Aye, it, that was the one thing he did successfully, was not getting relegated after Walter Smith left in such a mess. Yeah. He's not but been the same since Man United. I, I, I just think he's a nearly man. It's like Moyes, I mean, even... like. It was fam- the reason he got the Everton job in the first place was because of the good work he did at Preston North End. And the good work he did at Preston North End was getting him into the playoffs, but not getting him through the playoffs. And then he, was, he, he nearly got him in the Champions League for Everton and nearly won him a cup. And then he went to Man United and, well, they were always on to a, a loser when they'd fallen onto Fergie. And, but even even after that, and his, his time at uh, Sociedad wasn't great, his time at Sunderland wasn't great, his time at Western, uh, United wasn't great. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. At which point is Moyes a good manager? Yeah, that's it. Um, You'll just be oh. worried about end up at Celtic. Well, one I'm man is terrified he was going to end up at Celtic. <laughs> well, one man it's not going to be Slavin Bilic. Um, he's been named West Brom manager. He I was thought... one of those names I thought was interesting when Celtic were still looking about for one. Yeah. Um, and Scotland were liked to him at one point as well. Yeah. But I say, I say interesting because again, he seems to be a decent manager for in some scenarios, but not all. I noticed Copa America. So I'm just going slightly off topic, um, but Copa America starting soon, and I didn't realise that Argentina have not won that competition since 1993. That's a staggering record. Some Premier Sports. Aye. I don't have Premier Sports. I think I've got it. I think I've signed up for it for the... Aye. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be good for um, when the Euro qualifiers, uh, the, the European qualifiers start up in a fortnight's time. <laughs> is, uh, is Messi in the Argentina squad? He is at the moment, yes. aye. I think this is his last chance of winning something. Right. Aye, because this is the thing that Ronaldo's got over him. Mm-hmm. He's always compared to Ronaldo. Ronaldo obviously won the Euros, so yeah. um, Messi's closest thing he's managed to win was the World Cup final, which there was a loss to Germany. So, yeah. and Ronaldo has won leagues in different countries, three now. Yeah, whereas Messi hasn't gone anywhere. So, yeah, and he's won the Nations League, which is the the coveted title nowadays. <laughs> but Phil, there isn't an equivalent for Messi. Man. Yeah. Let's be for bringing their version Well, if they still not get the Confederations Cup, but I don't think Argentina have been in that because they've not won the World Cup and not no. been um, host nation for um, a World Cup. So, um, yeah. But yeah, this will probably be his last chance. I would think so. Yeah. Maybe last time then. Yeah. We'll debate on it, but maybe last time. <laughs> Is that a wrap? Yeah. That's a wrap for season 8. Mm-hmm. It's been a long season. It has indeed. Sure, I'll be podcasts. honest, I wasn't looking forward to tonight's podcast. I can say that now it's finished, but it's actually been quite good. That seems to happen a lot. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I almost can't be bored in the podcast, and then you come on and you end up having a great time. Yeah. 
<laughs> you remember why you liked it? Exactly. And we'll come back for more next year. Yeah, yeah. I say next year, next season. And, um... season, season nine starting in about two weeks' time. <laughs> we preview the, the European qualifiers for Rangers and Aberdeen and Kilmarnock. And, yeah, We're getting a shorter break in the footballers, but we're getting a shorter break in the footballers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they on holiday now? Aye. Aye. They're still working hard for all this money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Craig's paid me yet. <laughs> yeah, um, his, his check. Um, I think Craig's dealing with Duff and Phelps. We're getting our checks from them. All right, so we'll get The first name says it all, Craig. He's <laughs> <laughs> really Craigy White. Huh? Yeah, right. I think I, that, this, this is noteworthy actually because this is the first season that Craig hasn't been on the podcast. Did he not go on at all at any point? No, no he never, never, never came on at all that season. I've asked him a few times, but he keeps saying he can't. So he Maybe next year. Every week. Aye. That'd be, that'd be better than any guess that we've had getting Craig back on. He's, he's always welcome back. Um, Especially if he's having a whiskey or something like that. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's what we should do one night, is just um, get everyone um, everyone coming on, just have a couple of beers before they go in. Might make it even funnier. Oh, that's what I try, I try and do that as often as possible. Like, what, if I, what, I've drink, what I'm drinking on the pot, oh, I've drank everything this season, I think. Still, try, I still do it occasionally. Not tonight, though. Tango tonight. Yeah. Coca-Cola for me. Cherries and berries. Is it the Tesco, Tesco no, no added sugar? Asda. Oh. Asda one's good. If we, do you think if we mention enough of these names, we might get a sponsorship? <laughs> can always try. Still, still get, I'm still waiting for the, the Bra, for Brahma, the Brazilian beer, to come good on me. Oh, um, incidentally, um, uh, the pie that I had at the weekend um, at Hamden was surprisingly very good. Oh, have I spoke to you since I was at the Beef game? I think I sent the pictures of the pies. Uh, I oh my word. Honestly. Even if you don't like football, just go there and get the pies. Mm-hmm. Something I've never heard it before in my life at a football game. Someone actually asked, do you have any of them cold so I can take over for my dinner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Hope we're doubling up. I never sold out by the time the game started at that popular. Oh, absolutely. Top class. Mm-hmm. And we won 5 0 that day as well, which made it even better. Yeah. It was a steak and haggis pie I had. Um, I couldn't remember the flavour I had for a minute, but it was it was really good. Um, better than the normal um, Hamden pies. Yeah, I'm still disappointed we've not had enough pictures, any pictures of pie sent us this season. Have we? we've, not had, we've not been as many games between us. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did have a, a request early in the season for folk to send us pictures of pies. <laughs> Listeners of that. Or any any football food. We'll see next season when we get our guests on. We'll need to ask them what the best pies they've had are. Like the next footballer we get, um, you know, what's the best away pie? Footballers don't eat pies. Really? <laughs> They're athletes. Uh, it's, usually, it's usually kept for the fans, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's true. So yeah. I, I, or, or, what, I, or what they've heard is the best pie, even. All right, uh, From their well, parents and whatever. That's what we need. Hashtag shows your pie. I'm telling you, the, the juniors is where they get the best pies. Because they're all week in our local. I think they get them all from like wee local 
but trusting all that type of thing and stuff. Like, yeah. As opposed to buying in bulk or like, yeah. I've never been to a junior's game, so um, maybe uh, that's that season, season. Honestly, that season, you need to go to the the Beef Tower game and try these pies. Honestly, <laughs> maybe they'll sponsor us. Yeah, they're part of that. phenomenal. I'll even buy one. Two if you're really good. You're good, John. <laughs> so that'll be easy. Yeah, you know, we'll look at it. I'm quite happy we're going to end the podcast, the end the podcast season on pie chat. Yes, as it should be. Yeah, well, earlier on it was going to be a wrap. Now it's pies. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks everybody for listening, as you have done the last few seasons, and yeah. we should return for season nine. <laughs>